Welcome back to another episode of the Shut Up, No One Cares, Get Back to Work podcast. I'm your host, Colin Stuckert, founder of Wild Foods and the Ancestral Mind. I'm obsessed with being the best version I can. I wanna help you do the same. I want you to then be a shining example of how you can improve and be better and be the best version you can be and make the world a better place. And then people around you are gonna follow because you're gonna lead by example. And that's how we're going to pay it forward through a ripple effect, through exponentially making the world a better place. Today's big idea is this idea that you should wake up early, and if you don't, you're not gonna be a productive, successful, happy person. And there, this is utterly preposterous. I'm gonna talk to you today a little bit about why that is, and then how you can actually set your own routine, and then what things that you should be striving for as it relates to your sleep and productivity and feeling good, et cetera. Right? So this idea that I'm gonna wake up at 6 a.m., 4 a.m., or all these headlines and articles you see about why the early bird gets the worm and crap like that. I'm not gonna go into all the science about how that's flawed and how people have different body types and sleep styles. Like I'm more, I think they call me a lion or something. I don't remember what it is, but I tend to, to stay up later. And then I wake up eight hours or so after, not really a morning person. I'm more of like a, if I'm on my best schedule, I'm going to bed between 12 and 2 a.m. and I'm waking up between uh, 10 a.m. or like 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. really. Anything before 9 a.m. I'm just feel like death because I've been doing this for so long. Uh, since we had Daryl though, I have been shifting my schedule to be a little bit earlier for various reasons, mostly because I'm getting tired earlier in the night and I can't focus and do work like I used to. I used to be able to stay up to like literally 3 a.m. every night and just crank out work and be focused, uh, but it just doesn't really work for me anymore. And so now what I'm doing is I'm putting most of my deep work early in the morning and I'm getting my recording done and my thinking and all these things uh, when I'm, I'm at my peak performance. And I think that's probably gonna be better in the long run anyways, uh, but this isn't, a case study and like how you should not be a night owl or how only in the mornings it works or whatever. I mean, I'm going to be 35 this year. And now as I'm getting older, I feel like I'm, I'm becoming more of a morning person and obviously having kids and everything. When I was younger, the night was my favorite time. It still is my favorite time. Everything's shut down. There's no distractions. I can focus. I'm alone. It's like my sacred time. And in the mornings, it's harder to do that because there's always people that could be asking you for things or maybe employees need something. In fact, my phone's in airplane mode right now because it's Monday and I know when I turn it on, there's gonna be a bunch of stuff I gotta deal with. So I'm getting my recording done and my thinking and all my early morning routine before I even get to that because when I get to that, it takes me into a different mind state, more distracted, more stressed, more on edge, and it really cuts into all my creative deep work. So the thing about your routine is you should be waking up when you're fully rested. Anything less than that is a waste and you're going to pay for it in productivity and how you feel and in your long-term health. The thing that actually matters when it comes to your morning routine is what time you go to bed. So having a strict schedule where you give yourself an eight hour window to sleep, so eight hours where you're in the bed with the lights off and you give yourself about a one hour to wind down. What I usually like to do is either take a hot bath, maybe some Epsom salt, and then I read Kindle. I mean, that's a, if you, if you wanna get to sleep, do that, read some fiction, take a hot bath, maybe with some magnesium, Epsom salt, et cetera, or just lay in bed or maybe, uh, and read. I don't like to lay in bed too often because I feel like if you're reading a good story and you get a little bit too wired, it makes a connection between being in bed and sleep. It kind of it kind of muddles them. And so what I like to do is I like sit on the edge of the bed, I lay down, put my feet on the bed, it's a back health thing, and then I just read, and it's just the best way to go to sleep, really. So when you wake up, doesn't matter, and when you wake up is gonna be based on when you go to sleep. That's the most important thing. When you try to wake up early to hit some arbitrary number about 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. because some productivity guru or even some ex-Navy SEAL told you that's what he does, 
that is missing the forest from the trees. You're not paying attention to the thing that actually matters. The thing that matters is, and what they're trying to communicate by talking about waking up early is they're trying to wake up early to have time to focus on their morning routine and maybe work, exercise, nutrition, maybe time when no one else is up. That's what they're trying to accomplish. But you can do that no matter what time you wake up if you have a dialed in morning schedule. And so when you wake up, you should be fully rested because that's what's gonna give you the, the energy and you're gonna have the momentum and you're gonna want to do the things that you need to do in the morning. And then you're gonna get to your work and you're gonna be ready, you're motivated, get things done. When you miss sleep, all that is strained. All that is forced. So waking up at 4 a.m. and feeling like crap is not gonna do anything for your productivity. It's actually gonna ruin it. It's going to ruin your productivity. It's going to ruin your health. And it's going to ruin how good you feel throughout the day and thus where you show up for your family, your coworkers, and yourself. Don't fall into this wake up early nonsense. If you go to bed early and you wake up early and you have a routine around that and that works for you, that's great. You have to wake up fully rested, ideally without an alarm clock, when your body is ready because you went to bed about eight hours the night before. That's the key to productivity, and that's the key to getting things done in the morning and living a long, healthy freaking life. So let's get to the daily six, and then I'm gonna let you go, get back to your day. Uh, Daily six. The first quote is, our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. Confucius. And I mean, what a better quote for life. Life is not about being perfect. Life's not about getting everything you want. Life's about going through life, pursuing things, trying to live to your ideals and reach goals and do all those things that we know we're trying to do. And then when it doesn't work out perfectly or as planned and you fall down or you run into a roadblock or whatever, you just get back up. It's about staying in the game. It's about consistency. Life's an endurance. You can't sprint life. Yet we try to, yet we see social media and we think we can, yet we think we can buy our way. You can't sprint life. You can't cheat the process. You can't expedite things. And there are hacks and tips and tricks, but those are only effective if you stay in the game because they don't always happen exactly the way you want. And the feedback loop isn't overnight the way we want it to be. So stay in the game. When you fall, get back up. You do that enough and you win. That's it. It's a secret. And what's great is you do that enough, you also appreciate the process. Okay, daily tip or recommendation, buy a sound machine. And I have a Marpak and a couple other ones on on Amazon. I like the ones with the fans. I also have a cheaper one, that digital, that I've kind of gotten used to. I don't know if it's good to have that digital sound going all night. I'm kind of thinking about maybe changing that out and just going for the natural fan. You could also do a box fan. Uh, These are great. These help you not get disrupted in the morning by random sounds, lawnmowers, car horns, ambulances, whatever it happens to be, maybe kids downstairs. When you are in your deep sleep, when you are in REM sleep and you have these different sleep cycles and they get interrupted when your body didn't plan on it, that is how you have disrupted sleep. That is how you feel tired and lethargic throughout the day. When I travel, I bring three of these in my suitcase. That's how important they are. And they've they've changed the quality of sleep I get during travel night and day, especially when you're staying in a hotel where people slam doors and all this type of stuff. This stuff is a game changer. And if you struggle with sleep in any way whatsoever, this will also help you get to sleep faster because your brain's made the connection between, oh, sound, sleep, and it just, within, I mean, 20 seconds, you could be asleep. Like, it's crazy. Buy a sound machine. Daily book recommendation. Uh, Deep Work by Cal Newport. I'm sure you've heard me talk about this if you've listened to the show at all. I'm an emphatic believer in deep work. I believe it's one of the first principles of getting things done in our knowledge society. society. And it's the key to building things, growing things, and making a difference with your work. It's all about deep work. Everything comes down to the work you do when you're alone, like I am right now in my studio, and when you can focus and nothing's disrupting you. It's the key. 
So that's just one of those must-read books. Daily health tip, deep breaths. Take deep breaths. I need to do this more myself, yes. Take a minute or so each day, middle of the day, later in the day, maybe you had a stressful call, meeting, whatever, and just try to breathe for like 60 seconds, really deep. Hold it in a second. And then out. It's one of those things that you think are is like maybe woo-woo or not that impactful, but when you actually do it and you pay attention to how you felt before and how you feel after, stuff is crazy effective and paramount in long-term uh, health and stress mitigation and management. This is just one of those things that the more we can breathe, the more we can get oxygen in our system, uh, it slows us down. There's also some physiology around it with the oxygen uptake and things like that. We need to do deeper breathing and take the moment to do that throughout the day. It's just, so as your day goes on and stress builds up, take deep breaths, take a moment, pause, stare off into the into space or nature, or go outside, take a walk, take some breaths, do these small micro things that can actually have profound impacts on your health and well-being. Daily cooking tip, try brining. So with chicken, brining works very well. Any, any bird or white meat, like certain pork products you can brine. I guess you could probably brine a pork roast too. Yeah, you could do that. Uh, anytime you pre-season something, which a brine is basically salt water. Maybe sometimes you, they add, you add some sugar in there, but I would prefer not to do that. So salt is generally just what you want to use. When you cook the protein or whatever it happens to be, because the salt penetrates the fibers and sits for long and absorbs and reabsorbs and does all these things, your food tastes so much better. Brining is, it's just one of those things that you don't think about. It's like, bring the chicken home or whatever and throw it in some salt water and just leave it in the fridge to form a pre-seasoning. And it's one of the easiest ways to make your food taste better. It also extends the shelf life of raw ingredients. So if you forget about the chicken that's in the fridge for a couple of days, instead of it going bad and get that slimy grossness, brining will probably make it so that it's still okay, right? There's obviously a limit on this. You don't want to do this too long, but generally salt is observative and it helps preserve food. Daily thoughts about money and then I'm gonna let you go. So when it comes to stocks, this is my strategy and this is not investment advice. This is my personal opinion. This is what I do. I like to buy a few of the companies that I like and use and that I think are going to be here for the long run. When you buy stocks, you're buying ownership in a company. Nobody really talks about this or thinks about this, but this is just fundamental. This is what Warren Buffett talks about all the time and people don't really pay attention. When you buy stocks, you are buying ownership of a company. It's not something that you should be thinking about as a trade or the price or this. You should actually largely ignore what the market is doing for the most part, other than finding opportunities when it might be low so you can buy more. Pick some companies that you use and that you want to hold for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and then commit to owning them, commit to being an owner of them. When you get this mindset, like I'm an owner of Apple or I'm an owner of Amazon or whatever it is, and you see that these companies are growing, they're still around, they're doing the things, we use them every single day. I mean, the amount of money I spend on Amazon is, is just actually insane, the amount of things I buy. They're not going anywhere. And if I think to myself, well, I'd like to be an owner in Amazon because I think they're gonna be huge, or I think they're gonna revolutionize certain things, or whatever it is. When you think this way, it gets easier to buy when the opportunities come up and you're less likely to sell. The reason most people don't make money in the stock market is because they follow what the news is saying and they follow what other investors are doing and when the news is bad or things are down they sell which is not the right time and then when things are great and everyone's all happy they buy which is again not the right time you have to do the opposite during this virus situation i've actually bought the most stocks i've ever bought in my life in a condensed period of time when things were really really down because i don't think 
that the next five to 10 years are gonna change anything for these companies. And these companies are going to be fine. I mean, you look at somebody like Apple, they have $200 billion, $200 billion. If, if they just use that money and bought other things that came up as opportunities and they never sold another iPhone again, I still think I'd have a good investment, right? It's just insane. And what people do is they panic and they sell and think the world's gonna end and they doomsday scenario or whatever. But it's like, if the world was gonna end and the dollar was gonna crash and we're gonna go back to basically bartering, then what the hell does it matter if you have cash or no cash or whatever? Like, wh why? Why sell? Like, you're gonna have these, these paper dollars that are gonna be meaningless anyways. You might as well take the opportunity that when things go down, that it's probably not gonna implode. The market's not gonna just blow up overnight. And so use those dollars to take advantage of really good deals. And so that's going to be it for today's show. Like, subscribe, share, do all those things. And since this is a daily show, I'm going to see you in the next one.